Sentence expansion is still happening on the Literacy Dive podcast. We have learned the two A's strategy, which are adjectives and adverbs. We've learned how to use the five W's and H strategy to expand a simple sentence. And we've learned how to use conjunctions to combine sentences to make them more descriptive and powerful. So in today's episode, we are getting in, at, around, above, and beside the role of prepositional phrases. I hope you saw what I did there. And we're going to be diving into how they can enrich our simple sentences. Yes, we can use prepositions to easily add details to our otherwise simplistic thoughts. So if you are ready to learn steps to getting this up and running, keep listening. Welcome to the Literacy Dive podcast, a podcast for educators who want to take a deeper dive into all things reading and writing instruction. I'm your host, Megan, a true lover of all things literacy. Join me each week as we dive into teaching tips, engaging ideas, and actionable step-by-step strategies and examples to help you close the gap and lead confidently with best practices. I'm all about keeping things simple and digestible so that you can implement what you learn here as soon as tomorrow. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Welcome back to the Literacy Dive podcast, and thank you again for joining us. Today, we are going to be focusing on prepositions, which are words that show the relationship between elements in a sentence. And we're going to be looking at prepositional phrases. And these are just groups of words that begin with the preposition and help to give our sentences more context, clarity, and detail. Now, I want to take it a little bit more official for you. So according to the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, the technical definition of a preposition is a word or group of words that is used with a noun, pronoun, or noun phrase to show direction, location, or time, or to introduce an object. Simply put, prepositions are the connector words. These connectors customarily tie a noun to an idea. So an example of this is in the sentence, I went to the store. While that word to is connecting the location of store to where the person went. Often, a preposition is a short word such as on, in, or by, and this standard is not the only option. As we know, it can also be a longer word, or it could be multiple words, or it could be a short phrase. Like in front of is an example of a short phrase. She parked her bike in front of the school. That's just giving a little bit more context to where it's located especially if someone is trying to find her bike. Prepositions are very common in the English language. Very, very common. There's actually about 150 that are used with the most common being above, across, against, along, among, around, at, before, behind, below, beneath, beside, between, by, down, from, in, into, near, of, off, on, to, toward, under, upon, with, and within. I did go ahead and do a little research and I looked those up to see which ones were the most common to be used. 
Now, I'm going to go ahead and assume that whenever you have taught or introduced prepositions, you probably maybe stuck to the standard six or eight of them, which you might have showed an illustration of a table or a box, and there might be a circle or a ball on top of the box, or the box is on top of the table or below the table, beside the table. Or maybe there's a tree and there's something, an object that's in relationship to that tree. So I'm going to assume that you kind of know, you've probably taught the most common ones to your students, but I do want to dive into the types of prepositions there are. Because there are so many, you might be teaching some of them and they might fall into some of these categories, but there might be some categories that you're not even exploring at all. And it really is worth it to introduce students to these different types of prepositions, even if you don't stay on them and go really in depth, just for them to have that background knowledge that these types of prepositions exist. Now, again, because there are so many of them, differentiating them is really going to help your students to understand when and how to use them properly. So it's all about differentiation. The word directly following a preposition is called its complement. Now, I want to make it very clear that this is not the complement, like I'm telling you that you look really nice today. It is complement, C-O-M-P-L-E-M-E-N-T. And this is going to be very important because the complement, it's going to kind of talk about how it relates to the preposition and it's going to determine what type of preposition you are going to use. So that is a word that's going to be very important with prepositions, and I literally wanted to spell that word out for you because of how it sounds. This is not a video, so you can't actually see the text running on for the captions, but this is going to be really important to know which preposition is going to be most appropriate. So I'm going to walk you through a couple of the different types of prepositions, and I am not going to spend a whole lot of time going super in-depth with each specific type, but I want to speak and say these types because if you've never heard about these types before, that would be your first action step, is to just go and dig in and do a little research and see if there is a way that you can be able to showcase this and introduce this to your students. So one type of prepositions are going to be the transitive prepositions. And a transitive preposition always uses a complement with a preposition. For example here, the word amongst is a transitive preposition. You cannot write, she lived amongst the wildflowers without the complement, the wildflowers, being connected to that sentence, because it just would not make sense. Some traditional grammars believe that transitive prepositions are the only true prepositions there are because they have to use that complement in order for that to exist and to be grammatically correct. Now, the next type is the intransitive prepositions. So right now, if I were to quiz you and I were to ask you, what do you think intransitive means? You might be able to use your prefix knowledge to think that this is going to be the opposite of the transitive and you are correct. 
So intransitive prepositions do not need to use the complement to complete the thought. So an example for this is the word outside. That's going to be a preposition. And the preposition outside can be used in the following sentence without a complement being needed. She lived outside. Now that is a complete thought. You know where she is. She lives outside. Now, while that is kind of broad, we really don't have a whole lot of detail with that, that is completely fine. Now, you could add a complement to that statement, that sentence, and you could continue it by saying, she lived outside the city limits, but it is not necessary. Now, I was doing a little research. This must have been a couple of years back, but I was doing a little research and is always talking about those diehard, you know, grammars, which is what they call the people who just love grammar. It's all about that. And so the traditional grammars believe that intransitive prepositions are actually just adverbs. Now, the argument that they make for that is that these intransitive prepositions, they parallel the use of the transitive or the intransitive verb. So basically saying something simple like he runs instead of saying he runs a marathon. But I'm not going deep into that. I simply wanted to present that there are intransitive and there are transitive prepositions, and one must have a complement and the other can stand alone without it. There are also conjunctive prepositions, and I love saying this one because last week's episode was all about using conjunctions to combine sentences, and so these can also be used as prepositions. So this type of preposition uses a clause as the complement. So a traditional grammar in this case might categorize these as being subordinating conjunctions, and if you have no idea what I'm talking about right now, go back and listen to the previous episode because I dive into the different types of conjunctions, but They would categorize this type of preposition as possibly being a subordinating conjunction instead of a conjunctive preposition. So one example of this is going to be the word because. Now, we talked about that word because in the last episode, but because is a conjunctive preposition and that can be used to definitely enhance a sentence. We also have complex prepositions. And this is going to be when two or more words form a preposition, we will then categorize that as just being complex, similar to if you have two or more sentences that are joined together. That's going to be complex or compound. Now, I'm getting ahead of myself because I just kind of gave it away. This type of preposition, this complex preposition, is also referred to as a compound preposition. So you can start kind of making some connections there. Now, aside from it being more than one word, it functions essentially the same way as any other preposition. In light of is an example of a complex preposition. In light of the recent traffic reports, the man drove a different way to work. Other examples are using in addition to, on behalf of, in the middle of, or across from. Those are all examples of these complex or compound prepositions. Complex prepositions are mostly found at the beginning and the middle of a sentence, but rarely, rarely, rarely at the end. So that's just a good teaching point to highlight for your students. And to find the correct complex preposition to use, you want to focus on the relationship between the beginning 
and the end of the sentence. That's going to be the key piece here with these. So when you've already determined this relationship, you can then identify the proper complex preposition much, much easier. There are also going to be phrase prepositions, and we sometimes, probably more commonly, call these prepositional phrases. And the phrase prepositions contain the preposition, the object, and optional, the object's modifier. So that could just be like an extra detail. So if you're thinking about a table being the object, you might want to add that it's the smooth table. Or if the frog is the object, it could be the green frog or the small frog. So that's just going to be extra details that you can be able to add the adjectives that are going to modify that noun. But in a basic prepositional phrase, it is going to have the preposition and the object. Now, some examples of these could be if you're going to say at home. So at is the preposition and the object or the placement is going to be at my house with a little help. So with is going to be that preposition, and then you have that phrase after, a little help, and then according to their wishes. So that is going to be how those phrases work, and that just adds a little bit of extra details that are oftentimes really, really important to really understand more details about that thought or about the sentence or statement that a writer wants a reader to understand. Now, I want you to take note if you've kind of been drifting off because when I, again, was like diving into some preposition work a few years back, I came across something that I honestly had not heard before. And I'm going to share it with you because I have had students who they are like my, not even just the gifted students, but it's just students who are really inquisitive. They really take in lots of new knowledge or they like those curious new facts. And so This is something where you might want to share it with your students. Now, I wouldn't go super in-depth, but you know your students, and if you have some that are just inquisitive, maybe some of the GT kiddos, this is something that you can be able to present to them that's just going to give them a little bit more context when it comes to prepositions. But we know of prepositions, but there's also something called a postposition. And so, as mentioned earlier, a preposition is a word connecting an idea or an action to a noun. The example I went to the store describes where one person went. The preposition to came before its complement, which was store. So we've already talked about that. The word pre in preposition means before. So the preposition to comes before the complement. So if we again are going to get quizzed and use our inferential skills right now, if I asked you what is a postposition, you are probably going to nail it. When this comes after the complement, instead of being called a preposition, it is called a postposition. And post means after, and the postposition comes after the complement. Now, in English, we do not often use postpositions, although there are a few that were said to be used here and there, and it would be appropriate. Ago is one of those words. So in the phrase, that was many years ago. Well, in this case, ago is going to be the postposition and everything before it is going to be that complement. And in the quote, if I were going to say, we slept the whole night through. Well, through is going to be that postposition and we slept the whole night is going to be that complement 
giving a little bit more detail. So those are going to be two of the few postpositions in the English language that they use. But again, if you have students like I've had who are just soaking up knowledge, that's just something real quick that you can introduce, go through a couple of examples, and then move on. Ever wonder why students can't seem to retain those key vocabulary words? Is it a struggle to make vocabulary stick in your students' minds long after the quiz is over? Do you feel like you have run out of creative ways to teach new words? Well, I hear you, and the answer is here. A resource that weaves vocabulary development seamlessly into writing exercises. You can seriously watch your students' word knowledge and writing competence grow together effortlessly and enjoyably. It's truly the dual power approach that you've been waiting for. Enriching vocabulary while polishing writing skills. And now, my vocabulary writing prompts are offered by grade level. I know, it might sound too good to be true, but if you're curious to experience the transformation firsthand, I want you to grab a free sample compiled just for you. Ideal for second to sixth grade educators, you can now try a tailored vocabulary writing prompt for each grade level. Witness the spark of interest and the growth in your students' writing abilities yourself. You can find this download in the show notes, but you could also head to theliteracydive.com slash vocabulary and download your free sample today. Step into a new world where vocabulary learning is engaging, effective, and exciting. Do not miss out on this opportunity to revolutionize the way that you teach vocabulary. So now let's get to the nitty gritty. And I hope that, you know, even with going through these types of prepositions, there might be something that you genuinely did not learn or or did not know. And because I sure didn't. But once you have that knowledge, you can then pass it on to your students. And that's what it's all about. What can we do with the knowledge that we have now? So let's get into this whole, how do we get this up and running? Now we know the craft of writing is built sentence by sentence. Prepositional phrases are a key component and they offer a way to add layers of meaning to those basic sentences that we say. They are going to tell us more about the when, the where, and the how, providing like this backdrop for the action and for the narrative. It is literally like painting a scene. The way that you can describe where something is located in a picture has the same effect on enhancing written sentences, except that there is no visual picture as support. So this is why prepositions are truly gold in expanding sentences. So prepositional phrases start with prepositions like in, on, at, over, under, before, after, and it's going to be followed by a noun or a pronoun that is the object of the preposition. They can describe locations, time, direction, the cause, the manner, and they are simple yet powerful ways to add details and complexity to writing. So something like saying, we walked. Well, if I said we walked, you would know exactly what I was doing. But by saying, we walked to the shop, you now have a better context of where I was when I said I was walking. I've been unwell. 
well, if I say I've been unwell, you're going to, you know, you're going to know, okay, whoa, you're sick. You don't feel good. But if I said, I've been unwell since last Wednesday, you're going to really know how sick I've been, especially if the day is Saturday or Sunday, meaning that it has been a ton of time that's passed and you're still not better. So that gives it a lot more depth and complexity. And if I said, here's a gift, well, you know that there is a present or there's a gift. We don't know anything about it, but we know that there's a gift. But if I said, here is a gift for Joey's birthday, then now it puts a little bit more context into who it's for and what it's for. So now let's get into the steps of how you might introduce and practice this concept, this strategy with your students. So the first thing you're going to want to do is review prepositions with your students and list some of those common examples. So step one, review them, start basic and simple. Then you can always add onto your list, but really, really, really start with some of those basic, simple ones, like I just said a second ago, in, at, over, before, after, start with some of those. This is important because it's way better to use a few prepositions really, really well than to be so confused and overwhelmed because you just threw 50 prepositions at me and I'm not sure how to manipulate my sentence to incorporate which one would be best. So really start with a few and then add on to your list. So the first step is going to be to review and to list some of the common ones out with some examples. Step two is going to be to identify a sentence and then to discuss what additional information might be helpful or interesting. Now, I literally will ask this as a question. I will have a simple sentence and then I'm going to ask them, what additional information might be super helpful for us to know in connection to this original thought or statement? Or what additional information might we include that's going to be really interesting for us to know a little bit more about this sentence? So ask it as a question. You could also prompt them with specific questions that you have based on the sentence that you're using. So whether it's a sentence that you create, whether it's a sentence that's actually about your classroom so students can actually give their input, or whether you are pulling one of a student's examples, one of their sentences, however you get that simple sentence, you want to prompt them with those questions by asking, well, how old was it? Or where was it? Or... When did that happen? And as they're answering, that is going to be the preposition and the complement that's going to be added. So since you have just discussed what could be added, step three is going to be to physically add that prepositional phrase to the sentence to provide that extra layer of detail. Step four is going to be to rewrite it completely. Rewrite the sentence with that new phrase and discuss the added depth and context that that new sentence has. Now, I say discuss a lot in these because the key here is having your students verbalize and reflect and share out about their takeaways of what this has done and what kind of enhancement has resulted because they used something like a preposition. So you would want to take that simple sentence Add the preposition after it, but then take the time to completely rewrite that sentence. And I love doing that because it also kind of shows how we can be able to revise something and have to rewrite it as part of that writing process 
So it's always a great practice to do because it shows that this is important and this is what writers do. And step five is just going to be to practice. Practice with various sentences, encouraging students to experiment with different prepositional phrases. Now, let me leave you with a teacher tip before we get into our examples. A teacher tip for you is to start with using pictures. Show a picture and create a simple sentence from it. The picture is helpful because trying to come up with something to say, if you're asking me a question and I'm having to try to come up with it, that kind of takes another layer of of higher order thinking. But if a student can be able to look at a picture and draw from the picture based on what you're asking, they can actually use that as a level of support and they can then be able to give you exactly what you need by looking at that image and then easily determining what prepositions or prepositional phrases are needed to add that complement and make that sentence more descriptive. So if this is new for your students, start with using pictures. But if you're not using pictures, using a simple sentence is going to be perfectly fine. So to recap, you're going to review the prepositions with your students and list some of those common examples, show them, let them explore. Step two is going to be to identify a sentence and discuss what additional information might be helpful or interesting to make it more descriptive. Step three is going to be to physically add that prepositional phrase to the end of that sentence to provide that extra detail, showing them the simple sentence and then the prepositional phrase that we're going to add. And then step four is to completely rewrite that whole sentence together with the new flow, that new phrase, and discuss why it is better, and have your students share about how it's improved. And then step five is just to give them simple practices, whether they're doing it by themselves or doing it with a partner. You want to encourage them to experiment with the different types of prepositional phrases, and that's going to be done by making various simple sentences more descriptive. And Never underestimate the power of a picture, so definitely use pictures to get this started. Now let's dive into some examples because I love giving you examples that you can be able to pause, write down, take from this show, and use it right in your classroom as soon as tomorrow. So here we go. If you need a simple sentence, you can write, the book is on the shelf. You probably have a book on a shelf in your classroom in your home. And so that is a sentence that you can use and students can be able to start bringing location and placement to it. So my question to them could be as simple as, well, where on the shelf is the book? And so the book is on the shelf could then easily transform into the book is on the top shelf above the desk. So now I have a better idea of where I can look for that specific book. Another example could be my sister waited. Now my question might be, well, where did your sister wait? So I could easily turn my sister waited into my sister waited at the bus stop under the drizzling rain. I now know that it wasn't just that she was just waiting and sitting somewhere. There was actually rain happening and she was actually at a bus stop. So now I can envision exactly where she was and I can imagine how much she was probably ready to get on that bus because what if that rain comes down really, really hard? So if I close my eyes, I can actually see where this girl is and it's far more descriptive than just knowing that this girl was waiting. 
Another example could be Jan and Todd played. Now from this sentence, I know that there are two children or two adolescents or two people and they are playing, but there's so many questions that I have from this. And so I could ask, well, where are they playing? And so they could easily come up with, oh, well, the expanded form is Jan and Todd played in the park beside the flowing river. So now I know that they weren't at school, let's say, maybe in the sandbox or on the playground. They were in a park beside a flowing river, and I can now see exactly where they are, and I can imagine them playing, and I can just picture this in my mind. So these are a couple of examples, like I said, that you can take and use them as your mini lessons, take them in your classroom, dive into these sentences, but this is the practice that you would want to do routinely and regularly, and then this is going to become something that your students are going to do automatically. So today, we have seen how prepositional phrases can turn simple sentences into detailed scenes that are going to capture the imagination and allow us to create these mental images and these movies in our minds due to simple location, placement, and time. They are going to guide our readers through the physical and the temporal landscapes of our writing. So they're super important. If you are new to teaching this concept, remember that prepositional phrases are everywhere in our language. So encourage your students to become detectives of these phrases, identifying them in your read aloud, in their reading books, and then take it a step further and, you know, encourage them to implement these in their writing and to utilize them when they're speaking. All of this is going to help them to take on this skill automatically, and it's going to just enhance everything about their communication and their language to an audience or just to one other person. I hope that you found so much value in this episode, and if you did, I just want to encourage you to please share this with someone, allow them to experience this learning opportunity of how prepositions can truly help and enhance writing and how students can be able to easily make these simple sentences more complex and detailed. Thank you for tuning in to this episode on the Literacy Dive podcast. Again, if you've missed any of the previous episodes, there are three more in this series that were before this one. Please go and listen to those because I just love expanding sentences. But I hope today's discussion inspires you to just bring the power of prepositional phrases into your classroom and watch how it enhances and grows your students and their writing. Until next time, keep diving into literacy. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Be sure to click that follow button so you never miss a new episode. And if you are enjoying what you hear, please consider sharing this podcast with a friend. Until the next episode, we can hang out over on Instagram at The Literacy Dive, and you can search The Daily Writing Disguise in your web browser to dive into a stockpile of creative writing activity collections created by me, with student engagement in mind. For literacy resources and support, you can search The Literacy Dive on TPT. I'll catch you in the next episode.